Welcome everybody to Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. I was almost able to say that right, but we'll just leave it in. Uh, my name is Dylan Murphy, uh, an amateur songer, singer-writer slash guitar enthusiast. And with me, as always, is my co-host, John. John is a... Uh, John, for new listeners, how would you describe what you do? Um, I educator. Do, I, yeah, yeah, I do a lot of things. I have a music studio in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Did the whole music school gig, uh, as did you. So we've we've done those things, and then we we have an online presence here. The studio is called Silver Sound Guitar. We do online lessons. We've got yeah, Twitch, all that fun stuff, YouTube, all all, all the things. So and basically learned a lot over the years from taking lessons and playing guitar and writing music, and now now trying to share that with the world. So, plus, I just like talking guitar with you. It's fun. It's a thing. Yes, it started we would have these as a distraction. Anyway. Yeah. So, if you're uh, if you're new to the channel, it started as a distraction for Dylan and myself, who were met while we were working on a master's in music at uh, University College Cork. So, and decided, yes. hey, we need a distraction because this is killing us. And <laughs> and Let's on start recording that, all these conversations we're having. And yeah. Mm -hmm. That was basically what it was. Um, so yeah, anyway, we are here. Welcome, friends, old and new. Sorry about the uh, lateness of the episode. We've both been surprisingly busy during this lockdown in terms of the fact that John has been moving house and I have been going to the pubs because they just reopened in Ireland. So both been very, very busy. <laughs> um, maybe drinking right now. What's this sound? Oh, yeah, I'm drinking right now. So uh, let's not edit that out. Um, so yeah, John, uh, I th it is your turn for a lick of the week and um, so uh, yeah so i heard the first chord of this and i instantly knew what it was because it is one of the most it's, famous it's pretty songs. memorable it's pretty memorable but uh yeah just just a little heads up here last time i did chuck berry and i like this idea of kind of going down the road of the history and development of guitars so mm -hmm. i'm gonna kind of keep going in that direction as best i can so We'll talk more about that too, but here we go. Cool. I'm just going to play it to refresh my memory. Two seconds. Cool. So that was You Really Got Me by Van Halen. I'm kidding. Um, by the <laughs> Kinks. And yeah, I. so where to start? So John, why did you, so you went from Chuck Berry last time, you've got the Kinks this time. Um, I love this song. I love the Kinks. I think like people ask me if I prefer the Beatles or the Stones, I always say the Kinks to be a bit of a dickhead. Um, because, <laughs> you know, they're, they're kind of the forgotten band of that era sometimes. Everybody knows the hits, but they had some really, really good albums as well. But from a guitar point of view, why did you pick this song for your look of the week? Well, um, there's, there's a couple of things, of course, you know, Dave Davies is always looked at as the guy who basically invented distortion. Yeah. And yeah. the, the reason being what he did is he took, he had a small amp, I think it was, you know, like 12 watt, 10 watt, something like that, that he went ahead and he sliced the speaker for, and then he reamped that. So he, he took the output from that amp into his bigger amp, which is a, a box or something of, of the mm -hmm. sort. To be honest, I don't remember exactly what Probably it was. Probably around that time. Yeah. Everybody else was playing it. And what's really interesting about that is that's, that's kind of the first, if you think about it, that's the first 
almost like pedal idea and especially the, the pedal distortion. People had found that you could crank an amp and, and get that overdriven sound, but this is that real like distortion sound for the first time. This is 1964, by the way. So nobody else is really doing this. When you, when you go back to 64, it is a lot more similar to stuff that like Chuck Berry was playing. Now, granted, uh, we looked at Maybelline, which I think was 58. So mm -hmm. this, on the other hand, gives us kind of this cool piece of rock and roll history. The other part of it, not just the, uh, the effect, but the power chord. So yeah. again, it's not that the power chord didn't exist before. It had been used by a handful of blues players like Willie Johnson um, and Pat Hare. This was in, in the 50s, and this was partly to get this kind of like big oomph um, sound to it. It was also in like Jailhouse Rock is, is a good example. But think about the way that sounds versus the way this sounds, you know? And it's, uh, it, it adds a little bit of punch to it by dropping that third. Yes. And, and that's, that's why it has that power. So it's not that it hadn't been used before, but here we see kind of this merging of ideas. We've got the power cord and then we've got the amp distortion here. And, and we kind of end up with something that is a little bit new and that is very rock and roll and just definitely kind of starts propelling this sound and these things forward. Because The Who, for example, that, who also have the, this great big sound, but mm. Pete Townsend's stuff doesn't really come out until my generation comes out a year later. Yeah. And uh, the power chord was a big thing for Pete Townsend. And, but it's, uh, it, it's really this sound that sort of launches that whole idea of rock and roll, the way we think about rock and roll. All those, those big power chord riffs that we learn as beginning guitarists. That's, this is where it starts. Yeah, I mean, it's it's some really really great points there. I mean, for me, it's like I always think of it as like kind of the first riff. It is this is this is how punk started. This is, you know, you've got the sound, you've mm. got the tone, the overdriven tone, you've got the simplicity of it all. Like it's two notes, you know, and then you move it up um, a half step for the um, for like the chorus, and that's that's yeah. all it is, you know. And yeah, I, I always loved as well. I think that you really got me has a great guitar solo in terms of just how frantic and manic and all over the place it is in terms of like, there's not a lot of skill or any harmony in it, but it's just, it captures the real energy that they're, you know, the whole song is about because it's, you know, it's about, I don't know, this, the whole song is about this real kind of like energetic feeling about being in a relationship or meeting someone for the first time and it's 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 i think it's a brilliant song ozzy osbourne said it was like life-changing it like made him want to start a band um it was it's such a such a cool era of music as well you look back on the the music video and it's just all black and white and you know it's just so era defining i think in terms of just being something that wasn't quite blues and rock and roll wasn't like 12 bar blues either yeah, and I think it's, I think it's a, your point about punk is really interesting. It's ahead of its time. It really yeah. is. It has a very much like raw rock and roll sound to it. And in 1964, you look at like stuff the Beatles were doing in that era. It's, I want to hold your hand, you know? Yeah. It's, it's not this. And, and the same thing with the Rolling Stones. You know, this is, you, you mentioned the Stones. Um, this is still really different from them. Like it's not, it yeah. has that rhythm and blues influence and Dave Davies will talk about that but when you listen to it like you don't it's it's something different it's not hey I just played the, a whole bunch of blues records 
And now, now I've got I'm these things on my fingers. Yeah. Dave Davies is not the same sort of guitar player as um, Keith Richards. So yeah, very it's, I, I, it's very interesting. I, I think it's an interesting piece of history. It's ahead of its time. As you said, it's era defining. And yeah, I, I think as well, um, sorry to cut you off, just in terms of like people that don't know about the Kinks, like the Kinks were the original Gallagher brothers, like from Oasis, like they, Ray Davis was the singer, Dave Davis was the guitarist, they hated each other. <laughs> they were and constantly... the drummer too. There was, there was yeah. a, an incident where <laughs> the drummer knocked out Dave Davies with a hi-hat stand. Yeah, it was just, it was just, it's like rock and it's it's basically how what we know as rock and roll now kind of really started in terms of the the energy and the aggression and the the, the spats and yeah it's 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 a great choice just out of curiosity what do you think of the van halen cover uh um, i have a soft spot for it in terms of like yeah y- you know yeah. i mean it's uh i don't hate it that's for sure no. so it's but it is something very i, I don't want to say it's very different because it's it's almost the same song except for the guitar solo <laughs> yeah um, and then you've got all the little fills in between it's 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 fun yeah, yeah it is it is it's uh it's very van halen that's it is that's probably very... a good way to put it <laughs> and as as a fan of of eddie's work for the most part i, I put a caveat on that now because i think basically everything since the late 90s has been kind of garbage but you Agreed. know that's meth will do that to you so <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Moving on, we'll save it for Moving our <laughs> yeah. So, John, it was your idea. Um, so we we thought, you know, we're trying to gear some of our content towards actually learning and improving as a player, and a lot of times that will involve learning songs, be they for your own improvement or for your, you know, if you want to like play with the band. You know, learning songs is critical as a guitar player. That should pretty much go without saying, and. Um, you know, so in terms of like learning songs, I wouldn't really learn that many songs these days, except for if I'm like, I want to learn a song because I'm singing it for like a, as a cover, you know, just to just as a vocal thing to practice, or I want to learn chunks of little solos that I want to learn. But in terms of like learning a song from start to finish, from a guitar point of view, it's not something I really do these days. But I have a lot of experience in terms of playing with bands. I'm sure the same as yourself. You, whenever you're teaching a student, you probably have to sit down and learn the song with the student it frequently yeah um sometimes you get lucky and there's a song that's popular or there's a song that you can pedal out to about six students at the same time yeah because <laughs> they're all yeah. working on the same thing <laughs> recycling yeah but yeah and you know we talked about the cover band stuff too in the past and just you know what happens when you you're jumping into a cover band and you need to learn 40 songs mm. so you need so, you need a quick way to break stuff down in order to understand what you're playing and how to get through it. So, um, yeah. So it's it's. I mean, like learning songs is just it's 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 a weird thing in terms of. I suppose if you were to to describe like a, a way of doing it, I mean, if if you if someone comes to you and is like, I need to learn twenty songs for a cover gig, any pieces of advice you'd give them? Well, any any like places you'd start. I think it's so in general, if, if we kind of pull back a little bit and look at like, what do you do with one song, right? Yeah. So if you're going to take one song, how, Got ahead of myself there, sorry. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's the best way, what's the best way to do that? But then you can apply that across the board with mm-hmm. 20 songs, right? So 
I think the thing that helps the most, though, is to have a enough of a theory background to understand like a Nashville number system and and yes. Ford formula because you have to look for the pattern. I know for myself early on when I was trying to learn songs, it was like a mystery. Like here's a bunch of chords, and my teacher says plays the play these chords, and then so I'd play these mm -hmm. chords and. It yeah. wasn't until much later that I realized, oh, look, there's a pattern. Oh, and this song also has a pattern. But understanding that that pattern is basically the same thing. So when you can break it down into that number system, you start to realize like, oh, basically the fact that this song is in A and it contains an A, D, F sharp minor, and an E. And then this song is in C and it contains uh, a C, G, a minor E, it's actually the same chord progression, or not uh, A minor, where was I? I said E. Um, G. F, that's what it was. Oh, <laughs> I F. get the okay. four in there, yeah. You did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, point being, um, essentially when you look at those chords and you break down the order of the chords, what you end up with, in theory, if I can remember what I just said, it would be one, five, six, four. So super common chord progression, one you're going to see a lot. And especially in a cover gig, you're probably only going to play in two keys anyway. And it's not going to be, it's going to be whatever the vocalist can play. And it's probably yeah. not whatever the song was originally in. So yeah. in that case, it, it makes it easy to relearn it. And it makes it easy to, to change keys once you understand those things. Um, but the first thing I always do then is I break it down for the student or myself, depending on what the situation is. And I look mm -hmm. at the, just pull up a chart. That's fine. There's no reason why you can't, especially if you're in, in it's crunch time to learn a song. Don't, don't spend an hour trying to learn it by ear. Yeah. Somebody yeah, else yeah, has told yeah. you what the chords are on the internet. Yes. Just double yeah, check yeah. it with your ear. You might play along and go, eh, there's a change that happens there. Or that's a D with an F sharp in the bass, not just a D, mm. which you might pick up, but no punter in a pub is going to so it doesn't matter anyway but take a look at the verse and then just sort of chart out like okay how let's say you have that one four six five or one five six four chord progression how how long is that first how long is that one is it one measure is it two measures is it half a measure just mm -hmm. chart it out and then what i do usually is for the verse i write out oh the verse is that simple pattern of one, five, six, four, or in the first example, A, D, F sharp, E, and then um, do the same thing with the chorus, same thing with the bridge. And usually the, the best way to go ahead and start learning that, I think, is to go ahead and play, instead of through the whole song, just one cycle. Yes, yeah. First no, chorus bridge, cool. And then because the verse is gonna come back two more times probably, you already know how to play it unless there's specific licks or riffs or something like that, that you need to get in there. You know, if you're learning a Steely Dan tune or something like that, it's going to be more complicated than that. God but, help you. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. But <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the, that's generally the first approach I have is just take a look at those, the main elements of the song, break it down, figure out how long each part is, and then move on to to the next the next part which could be maybe learning learning the the little fills or learning the solo or whatever but 
I mean, your your take on that too. Like you've done the cover band thing so many times. Like it's it makes yeah. a difference to be able to chop <laughs> yeah. up a song quickly with various instruments as well. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you can get really bogged down. I really liked what you said there about you know breaking things down into like this is the verses of the chorus because if you know something and you feel comfortable with it don't focus on playing that every time i mean the whole thing is like focus on what the bits that you you know say if you played a song with a band like for the first time last time and there was one part that you just kept on getting wrong just go back to that part you don't have to go back and learn everything um it's it's people get like it just to save yourself time and mental space mm just go back and you know just go through what you don't know because you could know riffs to famous songs you know you might know them off by heart but if you don't know the other parts of the song you're kind of screwing yourself a little bit and um, i think yeah in terms of so it's never been easier to kind of break this stuff down and um, have you heard of i think it's called cordify yeah yeah so it's essentially you can put in any youtube video and it will figure out the chord progression to it by ear like it's yeah insane. it's a it's a fantastic ai tool uh, you there's incredible. software like transcribe too if you're working on trying to put a solo together where you can highlight the, the small you can highlight note by note if you need to in order yeah. to figure out a solo if you don't have tab for it um, exactly i mean I've, I've it's never been easier to to, to learn music like this before and we're not talking about in like a musician sort of way i mean if you're <laughs> um, sliding there um, i always wanted to learn the guitar and uh, no i mean like in terms of say if you are you know you've got tabs for something you've got you know you know how it sounds but you just can't figure out what are my fingers doing and um, you can just go on and there's so many bands that have live covers of stuff like they will play them perfectly and you can just essentially just zoom in on what's that guitar player doing where are his fingers going what is his picking pattern and you can just kind of learn it from someone that has spent way more time than you want to learning it so you can just basically kind of copy that that's been really uh, beneficial with the uh, the brad paisley stuff i've been learning there are loads of people that try and cover it online and do a damn good job so like why not just figure out what they're doing break it down because you know we've talked about this with youtube you can slow stuff down you can Play stuff on a loop it's you know that's a really really handy tool and i wish i had it like five years ago when i was gigging a lot more in terms of in terms of cover banding um but yeah i mean like and the thing is like with solos i suppose it depends on the gig if there's not a lot of people listening you can i suppose it depends on the solo as well like if you're learning a mm -hmm. solo for a gig you know some <laughs> solos just sound the way they sound everybody knows how certain solos sound and you just Hotel you want California. to play yeah you want to play that note for note or you're going to you're going to get some angry people you know as a guitar player in the crowd and i see a band playing hotel california you better play the original version because it is just so seared into the collective consciousness yeah. that you can't take liberties with it and um, what if it, too yeah exactly. <laughs> you must be two guitar players in one yeah <laughs> get that double neck um so yeah i think with, with, with but then again if it's a blues song if it's you know if you are playing a stevie ray vaughan song then just play something that resembles a stevie ray you don't need to learn those solos off by heart i think it's just you know it's about having fun with it if you have the opportunity but then again stay true to the source material because mm -hmm. you know it's 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 kind of things like that knowing how to um kind of fit into that box that leads to more gigs the 
you know, yeah. being able to to break stuff down that other people do and be able to replicate that. Like that is what people want in terms of like cover musicians. They don't want they don't want you to be able to shred over, you know, don't stop believing apart from that one <laughs> part and yeah. don't stop believing. But it's you know, it's it's that it 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 that's not impressive. Being able to re- recreate what the original guitarist is doing is is what people want. So don't forget to focus on that. Yeah, well, and I think it's interesting. So I, I kind of talked a little bit about the just the general idea of breaking down a song, which is figure out verse, chorus, bridge, whatever other parts there might be. Yeah. You know, unless you're playing some sort of crazy 70s monstrous thing that is eight minutes long and has six parts. But generally speaking, yeah. <laughs> you're, it's Abba or Richard Harris's MacArthur Park or something. But... <laughs> uh, for a solo, I think it's, uh, we talked to Chris Zupa a little bit about this too, and the idea of kind of being familiar with your scales. So mm. we've, we've talked before about learning scales and that sort of thing, but this is really kind of the application of it. If you can see where those, those scale tones are, it makes learning the solo a lot easier because it's not just a bunch of random notes. It's not just a bunch of, it goes 10, 15, 12, like, okay. So instead, think about, oh, it's here in this fingering. And that's where, too, you can start figuring out, well, for my fingers and my hand or the way I play, it's really hard, let's say in that example, to go from the 10th fret all the way up to the 15th fret. So instead, I'm just going to play. I'm talking about like on the second string. So you could use the third string instead. Mm -hmm. And you could use the third string 14th fret and then 12th fret, 15th fret, or 15th fret, 12th fret, or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't have to be string. exact way that the original player played it. Right, but you're still playing the same notes, and that's kind exactly, of the yeah. idea. And But that comes with the knowledge of your scales. So a lot of times I come across students who are kind of in a hurry to learn a solo or learn a song, and it's like, this. it would help. You would learn it better if you could see how the scale, how the, the guitar player is using the scale in order to build the solo. and And that's for me a big thing in learning those things is that you're you're able to learn the song learn the scale understand the application come away from it with more vocabulary for your own solos mm-hmm. and your own writing and improvisation and, and you just come up with some new uh or will you learn new finger patterns i wouldn't say you necessarily come up with them because you're stealing them from somebody else but all art is theft, right? <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's if if you take anything from this episode, make sure you remember that all art is in fact theft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think that's all. That's all you need to remember. That's all you need to remember. Yes. Yeah. So when it comes to breaking down a song, just remember that it's all stolen from someone. That's it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's that's pretty much all I have to say on the topic. I mean. It's it's weird to talk about learning songs in terms of like performing because right now uh, in this country anyway it seems like such a, a distant ideal in terms of like mm-hmm. playing live in front of people. But I, I think it's it's always good to learn songs. I think it's a really you know every guitar player will tell you that they got good by learning other people's material and um, be it riffs, solos, uh, strumming patterns, whatever. It's it's you know there there is a wealth of stuff to be learned from learning other people's material. And, you know, it's just, it helps. I mean, in the smallest capacity in terms of like playing at a party or something like that, having a handful of songs that you know how to play, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, 
it'll, you know, um, it, it worked for me when I was a, like a fat teenager. So, you know, just, just putting that out there. Um, yeah. So sweet. Have you anything else to add on the topic of learning and breaking down song structures? No, I think it's, like I said, it, it's good to chart out the song so yes. that you know, that's, that's the one thing I guess we haven't said at this point so that you know, when verse and chorus happen, you know, so is it verse, chorus, verse, bridge, verse, mm. chorus, chorus, you know, those sorts of things. So that, that's something that you're, you're able to look at and reference, um, which is good too. I've had cover gigs where they don't do the second chorus or something like that, or they yes. don't do the outro yeah. chorus and instead you, you chop the last chorus and jump into the next song or something like that. So okay. knowing where that structure is allows you to modify it if you need to. Yeah. Um, and also just like listen to the source material. Like, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's fair to say, okay, I've got the chords. I know what the chords are. But if you don't know how the song goes because you haven't listened to it, like that's a real rookie mistake, let me tell you, because I have been mm -hmm. that guy in the past. I'm like, I looked it up, should be fine. I know the chords. I looked it up on Ultimate Guitar. Um, I don't know how it goes. Knowing how the song goes is the yeah, most important part of learning. <laughs> um, sweet. So speaking of learning, John, have you been working on anything new? How's your riff list going? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm rebuilding the riff list. So it's because oh, it's yeah? been a crazy couple of weeks, to be honest. So mm. getting hardly any practice and kind of stealing moments when I can. Um, so the riff list is, is being rebuilt at the moment and mostly just kind of trying to build up uh, dexterity and speed again. Uh, it's, it's been good because I've had a few students working on stuff where they're doing, you know, hammer on and pull off exercises. So it kind of gives me an opportunity to just go through some of those Rick Graham exercises again. Mm. This, is, this is the thing, if you're out there and in, in teaching at all, like you can always find little moments that you can steal and you can be like, you should work on this because I want to work on this. <laughs> So, yeah. They don't, that, nobody, nobody needs to know that. You know, they don't need to know that. You're yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the secret the of teaching. You can make yourself better by making your students better. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if little Johnny's working on a G chord and a D chord, then, you know, you're, you're kind of SOL. You, you'll just have to hold your guitar and do something <laughs> quietly while you're like, oh, that's good, Johnny. Yes. Now, Only now 10 minutes left. D chord again uh yes yeah we're not here to rag on students don't worry um yeah i know it, it's just in terms of like i don't know in terms of practicing these days just you know you've been moving house and i've been working full time and it is it is hard but i think as i've said before finding those pockets of time when you can to just play whatever and one thing i found uh i was going through i was uh, disposing of guitar magazines that I no longer wanted and I found this which was like my dad's I think back in the day yes. this is the uh, this is an audio medium so this is the uh, guitar case chord book by Peter Pico or you know I don't like to think that's his real name and yeah this is just goes through every key every chord goes through the movable shapes and because I wanted to really familiarize myself with shapes that I didn't really know for like sixths and minor six chords show me the movable so, shapes I'm curious Obviously, so it's, the audience can't see this, but, you know. Yeah, this is, is not it, great audio content, but, yeah, so it's essentially, like, movable chords. It's essentially, Oh, hey, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad, and it's, it's a very handy book. <laughs> I highly recommend people to pick this up because you can essentially, you know, you, it starts on 
key of C and it goes through all the chords in the key of C, but it also goes through like nice little, you know, key of C, you've got like, oh, little nice shapes for like F6 or like G9 or stuff like that, that you can just stick in if you're like, oh, I'm writing a song in the key of C and I need something a little bit different than just uh, G major. You'll, you'll find something. So yeah, highly recommend this. This has been great for, uh, also it's a really small detail, but you don't need a music stand. It just opens up flat and nice. You can just like put it on your coffee table or whatever and just pick out a few chords so, to learn. A question for you then. The, it looks like the movable shapes. Uh, it's, it's just, it's here's a major seven shape. You can move this anywhere. Is that kind of the idea? That is. And that was the thing. Like I know, I know all the majors, minors, major sevens, minor sevens, but there were a few yeah. that I was like, I do not know. You know, I know the, the, the basic uh, minor sixth, like gypsy jazz chord shape. But I want to learn. Are there? I, I was like, oh, I don't know what that is on with the A string root. So I'm just gonna have a look at that. So yeah, it's been cool for stuff like that. I mean, um, I find that chords are really handy in terms of they improve everything. They improve your theory. They improve your songwriting. They improve like you can you can make little picking exercises with them. You know, in terms of like mm -hmm. alternate picking. So it's something that I feel that I haven't really sat down in a while and really tried to. Um, broaden my horizons with so yeah that's that's one of the main things i've been working on um but yeah that's it uh, i know we're if, not really if i can interject yeah. there real Please. quick what i find interesting about that is um when you go and you pick up a chord encyclopedia book mm. most of these it'll be like g major seven and it'll show you that typical six string root major seven shape yes and then when you flip over to <clears throat> a it's got the exact same shape up two frets. And then you flip over to B, it's got the exact same shape. Like, so you have these giant chord dictionaries with a whole bunch of redundance uh, or redundancy, redundant yeah. chords. Um, instead, it sounds like what's cool about this is it's like, here's the shape, just slide it around. Exactly. And yeah. that's, uh, that's super handy. It's part of the reason I don't like chord dictionaries because I've, once you understand that this is a shape that you can put anywhere on the fretboard, it, it makes it a whole lot easier for you as a guitar player to just say, oh, here's that shape. Guitar is all about shapes. Just move it around. So this, this sounds kind of cool, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's an old book. It's an old way of doing it, but it's designed to just fit in a guitar case. And when was it published? Let's not say... It just says old. No. Um, <laughs> uh, just but, before you were born. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's still got the... Uh, yeah, it's it's 78. So yeah, it's been around for a while. So, but it, I think it's, you know, you can never learn too many chords. It's great to have. Um, so yeah, I suppose that's our show, John. Um, thanks very much for me. I mean, like, it's been a while coming. But we do have a um, yeah, very cool interview coming up with Rowan from I Built This Guy. Super nice guy. Um, really enjoyed uh, that. So if you want to check out his stuff, uh, that episode will be up probably after this one. Uh, all going well. And mm -hmm. yeah, John, anything else you'd like to add before we call it a day? I don't think so. Do check us out on social media stuff, though. Uh, we do have a Patreon, which does kind of allow you to get some bonus material. So we've got mm -hmm. bonus material coming your way and yeah, all that, all that other fun stuff. That's, that's really about it. 
so much fun stuff. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I've just finished my beer, so I am ready to either keep drinking more beer or go to bed. So uh, yeah, friends, until next week, stay sharp. We love you all.